Country Says, coming to you live from Edinburgh Gardens, Melbourne's best party. I have uh, chosen this episode, episode 150, to get a little reflective with one of my dear, dear sisters in poetry, Eleanor Smagarinsky. Ridiculously talented, stupidly well-read, refuses to publish, uh, and with a very particular take on a lot of things. We talk in this episode about the workshop that we're currently in, uh, workshops we have been in together and separately that have worked and not worked for various reasons. Um, and yeah, just why we're complete and utter nerds about poetry. Um, yeah, may that always be the case. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd come out here and record just because this morning I was just going for a little walk and just felt incredibly emotional about the fact that maybe shit might be getting a tiny bit better. Um, those guys have always been playing basketball, they, they never stop, which is great. I love them. Um, but yeah, I just, far out Melbourne. I got no words, but I'm happy to see you out here. And uh, soon there won't even be a curfew, so you'll be able to keep me awake for hours and hours with your endless hipster partying. Uh, yeah. I thank you for listening. If you've listened to one or 150 of these, if you've liked what you've heard, if you've disagreed with what you've heard, if you've got anything out of it, um, love to hear from you. And yeah, I'm going to leave it there and get back to the party. All right, bye. Quick PS, just to let you know, I got to be a guest on Slee Ricketts to talk about the movie Patterson and a whole bunch of other really fun stuff. I think that episode will be coming out on Thursday. It was such a blast to speak with Matthew Buckley-Smith. I've become a huge fan. I really didn't want the conversation to end and I think you'll enjoy listening to it. There's a, there's a lot of gossipy off-mic stuff that just happened to be recorded. So look out for that one. one of those beautiful friendships where uh, we definitely don't need to talk all that often. We might have even gone years at a time without really checking in that much. But as soon as we start talking again, it's like no time has passed. And I think that's because we had that intense experience of Modpo. Like close reading, I don't know, like a hundred poems in a class of what was it, like a, a thousand Mm, Obviously, yes. not every single person was participating to the same level, but like, yeah, we have these reference points that we can just share, and they're all poems. And I don't know, that just feels like a pretty phenomenal foundation for a friendship. And, you know, P.S., you're like something of a, a genius. Um, and like <laughs> one of the most well-read people that I know and uh, incredibly humble with all that uh, and and you know like 
just quietly working away at, at these brilliant, brilliant poems. Oh, my God. Stop right now. Um, I, I guess I should say to the listeners, we are um, each other's best fans, best readers. Um, I consider myself a huge fan of Alice, <laughs> her poems, this podcast, um, you know, and without that, even, you know, even without the poetry, I'm still a fan of Ella's. <laughs> um, and it's a precious thing. And I think it is something, you're quite right in that the um, the start at, during Mod Pole does forge this connection. And so we have uh, bond through the language of that time and then also through our experience of the kind of the New York poetry scene, um, which had such a strong effect on both of us. Mm. And then also um, coming back to Australia and, um, and then continuing to do workshops. But I, um, I don't, I don't think that I would have I would be as enthusiastic about poetry, frankly, if not for our friendship. <laughs> Aww, um, you, you, it's best. true. It's it. It's a. It's a. There's a. I think when you have a relationship, when you have friendships, uh, when you have a community, and through you, I do. You know, it's a community. Um, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And actually, um, I'm one of those people who only enjoys poetry fully and only writes poetry, actually, within some sort of structure with other people. Yeah. So left yeah. to my own devices, I um, very rarely write anything at all. And I lose interest and motivation, and um, and then I take a workshop, or then I pick up the phone and talk to you, or I listen to one of your, you know, one of your episodes, and I'm reinvigorated. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's so lovely. But at the same time, like I don't know, because you said when when I messaged you, like, oh, Josh is doing this workshop on rhyme. We got to do it. Um, you said, oh, I'd basically given up on poetry. Was that right? <laughs> yes, I give up on poetry every other week. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Um, I'm motivated by a particular kind of workshop, and I have uh, discovered that these workshops are readily available, especially because of COVID. COVID has been very good to me in one in one respect, um, in the sense that um, workshops that would have been only available to me had I been um, in Brooklyn, because I'm a big fan of, um, I should say I'm a big fan of Brooklyn Poets, which is an organization um, run by um, Jason Koo um, that offers, um, you know, the most wonderful opportunities for anyone and everyone um, uh, to join in and learn and write together. So that was uh, offered virtually um, for the first time, you know, over Zoom. And uh, 
so I've I've been doing that, and that's been my sort of my my uh, lifeline in a way mm. to continuing to enjoy poetry. And then I had the thing is, every once in a while, you're in a workshop that doesn't fit you. Does it doesn't work for you? And I had that experience. And so um, when I spoke to you, I had finished, I just finished a workshop that um, just, it, it, um, it really, it, it upset me mostly because I felt it didn't offer me the connection yeah. um, with the other writers. And that's really because the other writers weren't interested in the connection. They were really only interested in getting feedback. And that does happen. Um, it does happen that people sign up, uh, writers sign up for a workshop because they want, what they're basically paying for is uh, feedback from that particular teacher. Um, the teacher is, uh, well, always a, a published poet, usually a well-known poet. Um, and And that's what they want. And that's you know, I, I like that too. And I get a lot out of that, but I am much more about my relationships with the other students, the other writers, as well as the teacher. And it's that interaction that is so exciting to me. Um, you might have 10 people in the class. They're from all walks of life, different, sometimes different countries, different nationalities, um, different experiences in their life as well as with poetry. Yeah. And what I'm after is to hear what they think about my writing and to delve into what they're writing. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, the workshop we're in right now, everyone is so fucking smart. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> These people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. And like there are there are more sort of begin beginning poets in the workshop too, which is also really beautiful because it's reminding me um just how like I forget sometimes how inaccessible this shit is. Like like to even just just use a word like, oh, that stanza break is really um bold or something like that it's like that that is a that's a an acquired language you know to talk about um the the components of a poem confidently and talk about why something works and why something doesn't that took me a, a really long time like I'm, I'm still not very good at it I don't think like I'm still kind of revert to like ah, oh, this this made me feel such and such you know but yeah, it just is really, it's really bringing me back to that sense of, I have no idea what's going on. Everyone else seems to get it and I don't. And um, uh, yeah, just, just reappreciating yes. that. Yes. Um, I've also realized how much I've taken for granted through the years of what I've learned um but um you know thinking back to when um to when we did mod poll i remember the first couple of weeks i was listening to the videos which were basically close reading discussions 
And I had a notebook, I probably still have it somewhere, where I wrote down every word they used that I wasn't quite sure of. I think I did the same thing. Metapoetry was one of them. I had never never heard, excuse me, the word metapoetry. Another thing that made me laugh was when um, one of the people on the video said, um, the poet deploys a technique. Like to deploy something, I thought that was hysterical, and then I realized, no, 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 she's serious. Like they're like they're an army general, like deploying. Yes, like, yeah. And um, and I remember mentioning to Al, um, uh, and and you know, it's a huge compliment to him that I you know feel comfortable enough you know to to mention in a comment. I said, you know, there, there's a lot of vocab that I'm just is totally new to me, and I and I remember him being like really taken aback and asking, well, like, for example, what, mm. you know, what are the examples of it? And like, um, and the whole idea, I do remember the first time I came across a truly quote unquote, what to me and generally speaking is a difficult poem and, um, and being totally flummoxed and, you know, that was, you know, a good, almost 10 years ago um and so it is but you see it's interesting because what you've brought up is um the the strange dynamic of a workshop that's not set within an academic um environment so um with something like you know the the rhyme workshop we're doing now on the one hand Poetry is open, it's whatever you want it to be. And really, it's all about having the confidence to say, you know, whatever you're thinking and feeling. On the other hand, it's true. There's just certain things that you need practice in in, in dealing with. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and it is a craft. <laughs> and there is a, a way of talking about a work of art that, um is is a learnt you know it's a learnt thing yeah it's an, it's an acquired language um and it can feel yeah very exclusive um yeah just just going back to the the difficulty as well being introduced to those difficult poems like modpo begins with a stein poem if i'm not mistaken or oh, begins it's it's Whitman and Dickinson to start with but like very quickly yeah. you're into Stein and yeah. um god I remember feeling so fucking angry when we got to that point I was just like this utter bullshit this is this is I mean it ugh, I can't believe that they think that this is poetry <laughs> <laughs> and, and I... then getting the the support and the input of, you know, how many hundred people to pull apart the lines, the words, the choices, and to find meaning no matter what. Um, and obviously, like the skill of, of Al and the people that he was reading with. I mean, I don't know where I would be or what I would be doing if I didn't have Stein. I she's 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 a Rosetta Stone like she's she's everything um but yeah I was I because I, I, I went to that workshop being like I'm a poet I know what I'm doing like this is cool 
I've been published, yeah. And then, like, then we were introduced to this work and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I have to either start again or everyone else is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I remember also being so angry. Um I what I did was I and and I should mention um you st- you did Marco the very first year 2012 and I actually only did it 2013 so we you probably were around 2013 we overlapped but that was when I um I I did it and I was so angry that I went they have these virtual office hours and um so I chose one that we were doing tender buttons um, a series of very short poems, Gertrude Stein. I, t- I just took one of them that wasn't in the syllabus and I went from one office hour to the next at all the t- times of the day and night and I pasted it in a comment and I said, any idea at all, any idea at all would be helpful, please help. And I'm telling you, each one of the teaching assistants came back to me and said, look, I'm sorry, I actually don't know, maybe try for the sound, like it's like a musical thing. They admitted that they couldn't do anything with it. You know, it was one that wasn't on the syllabus and it wasn't as accessible. And finally, I um, I found one of the, the only one teaching assistant helped me. And um, he happened to be a guy who um who was a night owl you know so he'd be up all night which worked for me with the australian hours with the time difference and we had this huge discussion about it and that was you know that was pivotal for me and then i found a group of people from all over the world there were about a dozen of us um and one of the teaching assistants karen alania um kind of guided us through several of the poems. Without that, I agree. I, I actually agree. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be actually not only the the artist poet that I am, I wouldn't be who I am just just me, just my identity. Right. And, <laughs> totally. and I it's so bizarre because I'm still really mad at Gertrude Stein. Like know, I'm really yeah, mad still. Yeah, we can't. Like, forgive I still it. don't really understand. Yeah. No, we definitely can't forgive uh, it. But but yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm also like so glad to hear you call yourself an artist and poet. That's I feel like that's a hard hard one thing. Um, let's skip forward then to the revision workshop so we got we got to new york we met in this workshop and was it was you and i and um the very very talented shadia arjo who's just um, graduated from new school i believe Mm. Um, Mm. we got to go to her graduation ceremony via zoom far out uh and yeah i think the three of us were just like okay everyone else is crazy but we know what's up and we would kind of like very <laughs> tentatively go for drinks after this workshop and be like, was that a bit weird? <laughs> was that a bit weird what just happened? <laughs> I yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I should say, um, 
uh, with Shadia, if anyone wants to, um, she has her poems on a website called, um, I think it's Off the Bitten Path, and I'd highly recommend that. And um, yeah, so yeah, so we kind of bonded through liking each other's poems yeah. and then having this connection. Um, it was not the least successful workshop I've ever been in. I mean, apart from making these fantastic friendships, which was key, it wasn't the least successful, um, but it certainly wasn't the most successful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it got intense, um, I feel like. There was a real standoff at, at times between our instructor, our teacher, and the class. Yes. We just, we just kind of couldn't understand what she wanted us to do. I mean, this was this yeah. is going back away, so I can't really remember the details of, of what was wrong. I just remember this sense of like, I don't think this person knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, she didn't um, seem comfortable in, um, doing it. And also, I have to say, um, since then, I have um, done one other, not, not a workshop, but I did with what uh what's called uh through book compose it's kind of called a, a craft lab and uh talking about revision and i have to say that with the idea of revising possibly that's a workshop that's almost impossible it's it's almost impossible to really work on yeah because everyone's bringing in yeah everyone's yeah. bringing in their own poems and um you can try to uh, this particular the workshop we were in the teacher was trying to show us that you could uh work on you could put chance operations to work in your editing and kind of see what came up so you could um you know, delete every fourth word, or you could, right. you know, count we, syllables. We yeah, like erasure up. poetry. Yeah, we erase yes. them. That was my first introduction to erasure. Cut-ups. I also remember yes. try to write it from memory. If you don't remember a line, you probably don't need it. And write it backwards. Start with the end, yes. which is kind of classic advice, I think. Um I think really what I took from it was that, you know, revision's important and it's just something that you should be just doing always. Never trust a first draft. Um, yeah, I think there were some good practical tips <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I I worked for ages on changing the form of one of my poems to a sestina. Oh, yes, I remember um, this. Yeah. 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 That was – that took – I mean – Gosh, I learned a lot about the form, but it it was it was quite <laughs> um, difficult, and um, I didn't have success. But again, what is success? See, it's interesting. What I've taken so many workshops now. I've been thinking a lot about what it is I want from a workshop. What makes a workshop successful? Um, the different expectations people have of it, what the teachers are thinking they're, they're helping with. Um, and 
also I think there is a, um, a chemistry that's needed between the students or students and the teacher. Mm. In, so like in yeah. between the students and then between the students yes. and the teacher. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you don't have any control about who else takes the class, but you certainly do have control over what teacher you choose, you know, what course you want to do. And so if anyone's looking, I, I can't speak, I'm not informed about Australian workshops. I, I did one workshop that didn't work for me. It, it worked, you know, um, it was very conservative um, workshop. But apart from that, I've done only American workshops. Well, this is the thing, I'm just, like it's probably important to just sort of stipulate that yeah. this conversation is kind of weird because we don't have workshop culture in Australia, like nothing like what happens in the US. It's just not something that's really, they get offered like occasionally. And, and I think, I think, you know, they probably do tend to skew towards, yeah, that kind of like conservative strain of Australian poetry. That's like the, the quiet and the serious, um, beautiful, the be- you know, the yeah. beautiful but boring, I guess. So uh, boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but yeah, I guess it's just to say, like, this probably all sounds bizarre to a lot of people because it's like, what are you? Why are you talking about workshop? Like, this is not a thing. Look, I was lucky enough that I was able to go. You know, my kids grew up. Um, I had a bit of free time. My brother lives in the, in New York. Um, so I took the opportunity and decided to, you know, to do that. Um, and, you know, and just never looked back. I just got hooked on it. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it was an incredible way. <laughs> it was an incredible way to, to write and, and meet people. And I, I think, the workshops I did there, there was a radical acceptance of each student um, uh, to the point that I felt conservative. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, felt really brings bo- I, out. I felt boring. I felt boring. <laughs> you and can't I do that. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I went to um, I went to one workshop that was in in the basement of a Brooklyn bookstore it was I mean it was dangerous to go down the steps it was that crazy there were books piled everywhere it was this musty basement the two most gorgeous poets one of them was a dancer and poet the other was a visual artist and poet and they were working together and this was the this was the workshop you should have done I mean (laughs) in retrospect but I didn't know you then they lit these candles they had us at first. We the whole the whole workshop was based on the philosophy of uh, the poetics of space, um, which is a book by um, a philosopher called I think Bachelard, I think. And so we started by taking bits of rope and pipe cleaners and making different sculptures to think about space in our poems. Then we started writing a poem that captured whatever we had made as a sculpture. 
another time, the next week, we have we had an exercise, uh, a breathing exercise. You write a one line when you breathe in, one line when you breathe out. Um, I've done. I did an online workshop where we were thinking about colors, and we were told to go outside for the first session and find natural. Um, uh, natural minerals like rocks and flowers and bits of grass and make colors from them and then write poems about that so this is this is a kind of workshop that just really makes your makes your creativity explode and the people around you are people you'd never i would never as a as a basically a housewife an empty nester you know who felt like you know what's I have no more I have no creative force in my life I mean I'm just going to be doing admin maybe for the rest of you know like working in an office somewhere um the friends I had were you know old mums from the PTA school stuff like that and there I was with these incredible people. Well, like I met you, you, I mean, I would never have met you if not for this. And, and you're a very cool person. And you have extremely interesting ideas and you're always um, uh, uh, bringing up such fascinating creative topics just normally. And there I was sitting in this basement Um you know, there was this, I mean, I, I can't even begin to describe the different people I met. Um, and there were several other times that I did, um, you know, there were several other workshops. I can also talk about the worst, the worst, worst workshop I've ever been to. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you from talking about that. <laughs> I mean, if you think, if you think the, the one we were in was bad. This is why I'm not that shocked by the one we were in because uh-huh. so it's in the brownstone of this poet's, it, it, this poet's home is a brownstone in Brooklyn. First of all, how cool is that? I was so excited. I was there an hour early. I was so excited. I was walking oh. around the block. <laughs> you, sh- you show up and really interesting bunch of people we're sitting in her lounge room i mean it's incredibly generous of course you pay for the workshop but we're in her lounge room and she has a uh, poetry books on her coffee table i thought i was in heaven so my like expectations really point. high right totally yeah. uh, absolutely like a movie and we start she says first of all we're going to talk about um everyone was supposed to bring their favorite poem and we in about 20 minutes of talking about our favorite poems, I, I, I thought to myself, I may not have chosen wisely because I, I like very weird poems. I like crazy ass poems, quote, if you want to call them difficult, inaccessible for me. I, I like the inaccessible. It's a challenge to me. I, um, and, uh, and they were they were not into that. It was clear, and that's already that's still fine. That's still fine. But when I read my poem, which um, I mean, you know, I love Laurie Medica, and I read one of her poems, and there was silence, 
and the 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 poet slash teacher said um wow um i guess this shows that with poetry you can really write anything and i thought oh that's sort of a weird thing plus she hadn't heard of Lorraine Niedeker which i thought was very odd mm. then later on we wrote our first poems and her first feedback to me written she just gave written feedback and the written feedback was um and she was genuinely sorry and she was genuinely a lovely person and a great poet but she honestly wrote to, and said and, and said to me you're uh, i i'm so sorry but i can't help you with this it's just i just don't know what to do with it basically wow it was so weird to her that she didn't know what to do with it and i was so nice i kept going to this class <laughs> But in a way, that's kind of great because you're putting yourself right in the fire there. You're like, um, these people hate my work. They don't understand what I'm about. I'm going to stay here and figure out, like, our differences. I think that's I think that's super, super valuable. And, like, it's sort of, it makes me appreciate all the more. I've just been thinking about this so much over, you know, the last couple of days. Like, what it takes to be a good workshop instructor like I've tried a couple of times to run workshops here in Melbourne, just like one-off things. And far out is so difficult to give feedback, like in the moment to to say anything of value, you know, because the poem kind of goes by you and you're like, ah, uh, I think I liked that word. Like it's so, so hard. And so, you know, we've had the, the absolute privilege of like twice now to be in mm. workshop with Joshua Megan. Um I just, Amazing. yeah, like, I mean, you know, we, we can sit here for an hour just like waxing lyrical about Josh, but, but basically I think he's got that incredible skill that, um, is I think probably pretty rare to be able to find something of value in every poem and also to see what you're trying to do, even if you're not achieving it, um, to see what you're getting at, what you're going for. I think that that's so hard because like like you said at the beginning there's so many poems that you know when I'm there cuz like I'm not I think I come across as like a lot more generous <laughs> creatively than I actually am. But a lot of poems I read them and I'm like, "Yeah, no. <laughs> this is not nah. <laughs> I'm not down with this." But yeah, I don't know. Some of the feedback I've got from him just like holy fucking shit. Um, I really, d did you want to say anything about that before I jumped to something else? I agree with you. This, uh, uh, I think it's a calling to, to be able to teach poetry in this workshop setting in this way, in this very open way. Um, it, it is, it, it's, a, I'm not saying it's not a lot of hard, it is a, hard, a lot of hard work. But I think to start with, it's it's almost like a calling. You can either do it or you can't. And you know very quickly which one it is. And I think um, definitely with Josh, because we had this, this we did the, wor the workshop on the sonnets, now we're doing the rhyme. The whole thing is working brilliantly because it's the feedback from him. It's the, it's the interactions, the way the class is held. The only workshops where I've found myself 
objectively uh, getting better. And, and I can't really say what that getting better means other than I feel like the craft is becoming more a part of my, my, my life as a poet is being enriched through the craft. I think mm. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and maybe no, that's totally also because that. we're doing versification and then, um, you know, the, the, yeah. the forms and the rhyme, the meter, um, prosody. Um, if anyone out there is looking for another, like, uh, recommendation, um, again, it would have to, if it's, if you, if you can ever do a class with Jay Dushpandi, I recommend him a hundred percent. Um, the feedback he gives, I, I actually don't know how he does it. Um, absolutely amazing. And the knowledge base in combination with a generous openness and, um, a sincerity um, I think you have to sincerely like people as well, <laughs> because you're when you're talking about a poem, you're talking about a person. I think it's so, so intimate. These yeah. workshops are so intimate. In fact, you know, I think uh, you could get into. You know, it's it's almost too intimate. Yeah, you could get it, yourself actually, into a whole just, world of trouble. Ooh, <laughs> I'm just glad my daughter isn't into poetry because I would tell her, do not go to these workshops. No, no, no. There is heartbreak ahead. I mean, not that I, 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 I'm happily married. I, you know, I don't have any sordid tales that I'm hiding. Doesn't mean you can't still get your heart broken though. Like for sure. Um, Right? Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) But, (laughs) But yeah, that the knowledge as well, like that's the other thing that blows my mind talking with someone like Josh and I had this same experience yesterday speaking with um, Matthew Buckley Smith mm. far out like I just I just want to know everything right now and and I just I don't know how I'm gonna like they just know so much <laughs> it's really frustrating because <laughs> I'm like so I can barely much. scrape together I don't know, like my memory only half works and you know I learn something and then I forget it immediately um yeah, scribble, scribble brain is the way I heard it described recently. And, you know, maybe that's a feature mm. of the last two years as well. But it's it's coming up against people like that. It makes you um, just want to lift your game. Like, And I feel a real urgency about it too. Like I feel uh, with the Rhyme Workshop, I'm feeling right at the limit of my ability. Um yeah. The poem I wrote for this week, I'm like, this. It, I'm sorry, like I have to submit it, but it's it's awful. Um, <laughs> and so, so, but I'm going to submit it, obviously, because like I never don't turn in my homework. But um, yeah, it's it's really really pushing me, and um, and also getting me to think about this thing too of like when I started writing, I really felt like. You know, ever since I was a kid, people told me like, oh, Alice, you're going to be a writer. And I was like, yeah, I totally am. That's going to happen. And started writing in my sort of mid-20s. And um, 
just felt as if, you know, I had this like birthright to being able to do it. Like it was, it was um, instinctive and I didn't need to try and I didn't really need to, to bother with um, even reading other poetry, to be honest. Like the, the arrogance was just like galactic, you know, <laughs> and, and it's only now like over 10 years on coming up against people who have done the work that I'm like, I, the, yeah, the gaps are huge, but I'm also like, I'm excited. I'm excited to fill them in. Um, and I wish it could happen. You know, I wish I could just download it into my brain, but <clears throat> it's not going to happen that way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to feel like you're getting that little bit stronger, you know, and you're not just avoiding the weak points all the time. You're like actually facing them and being like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to know how to do this. I need to know how the component parts work. Um, I want to know. I always thought of myself, it's funny because you do, yes, it is. I thought of myself as a writer from way back because I got some really good feedback and I always yeah. found it easier than, you know, the sciences and, and, um, and I was a big reader, um, but really only came to poetry, um, you know, later in life. And um, it is interesting, the idea of it being hard work and pushing yourself. And that has to come... See, I'm thinking now about you saying that, that there's this base of knowledge and I'm thinking about Josh and I'm thinking about um, Slee Ricketts. Matthew, is that like, um, I call him Slee Ricketts. So I've been conflating, I keep doing it. I'm conflating the two. I think of the two as somewhat like almost the same person. <laughs> I don't know if you are as well. I have no idea how they'd feel about that. I mean, it's it's a true compliment in the sense that they ha they have this base, this this foundation of knowledge. Um, they're the kind of person who can, you know, recite certain poems. They know how to discuss poems in this in this particular way. But I'm different from you in the sense that I don't wish to be like that. I actually um, go through, I take meticulous notes um, with Josh's class and look things up, buy the books he talks about, look up the poem. And I could spend months just following up all the threads that he leaves for us, you oh, know, just yeah. his mentions. Yeah. And then I write also, them down. I don't do anything with that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, but then I you, will. I will. You know, like no, exactly. Like I, I don't follow up all of them, but there's a sense that oh, there's this. This is available to me, and the same with the Slee Ricketts notes. Those are, he he puts really good notes out with like almost everything he mentions is mentioned in the notes, and so I'll be walking the dog listening. And I feel like I'm in a different world. Then I come back and I follow up the notes. But I, you see, I study literature. My Bachelor of Arts is in comparative literature, not in poetry, but in, compar in, in comparative literature. 
and I ran from that. I I did not enjoy that life. Why not? And, you feel like a wank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and so that's why I get upset when, you know, when a novice taking their first workshop will feel, will lack confidence. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they should, but then again, you know, I can say that because I've, you know, I've, I've seen what academia is like. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, can I spin yeah. you off in another direction entirely? Yeah, yeah. There's there's something that I want to ask, and it is very much putting you on the spot. So I can I can you know we can talk about this or not. But like, okay. you've you've got this. You've got a qualification in literature. You are like an incredible student. I happen to know that you're a very very talented writer as well. So you've got everything in place what stops you from sending your work out into the world and by that i mean submitting to the poetry journals of australia (laughs) oh yeah spin away alice spin away (laughs) um look First of all, I should say I have had my, you know, my uh, rejections. I'm when I first started um, writing, I sent a few things in, but really only to. I, I started very enthusiastically about sending things in, and then just stopped. And but I'll tell you why. It wasn't the rejections. It wasn't that. That. If I if I could find a journal that ha- that I enjoyed reading and that I thought oh if my poem was in there that would be amazing because I love reading it I would do it but I I don't re- I don't enjoy I don't enjoy I feel very Eleanor you're saying the thing that no one's ever allowed to say which is that nobody reads the <laughs> journals no one reads the journals. It's like, yeah. what's the point? It just means that the editor liked it for whatever reason. I mean, it's a huge achievement. See, I just, I'm just qualifying everything I say. It's a huge achievement to be published. Of course it is. But I get my kicks. I tell you, I, I only get my kicks <laughs> from from just getting a few people to read my work and tell me what they think of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, that's that's what does it for me. Okay. Um, okay. So it's not it's not even that you are dismissing or like sublimating a dream of like f- a first collection even. It's like that just wouldn't even yeah. it wouldn't even make a difference to your life if that existed. Um no, it would make a difference in the sense that I'd probably be more comfortable meeting people, telling them. I mean, you know, people say, oh, hi, what do you do? And you say, if you say I'm a poet and then they say, oh, do you have anything published? And like, no, I just sit at home and write, you know, poems. 
it's like saying, hi, I'm a wanker. My name's Eleanor. How are you? <laughs> I would argue so, that it really doesn't matter whether you say you've got anything published or not. Like they're going to think that anyway. But um, but I, I get it. Like you kind of want that stamp of approval. Yeah, I don't know. What can be better than having a complete stranger? So I've had workshops where a complete stranger to me, apart from knowing them in the workshop, has not because they have to, not because there's any links or anything like that. There's nothing in it for anyone. But in the in the feedback page that they ha- that they hand me, they'll say um, something moved me mm. profoundly with when I read this poem. I thought of this. And you captured exactly what I felt when this happened. That had happened to me. And that those are my most precious moments. So They'll also say, oh, I think this didn't work and this didn't work. <laughs> but the genuine, the genuine moments. I'll tell you what the other thing that really, really gets me off, like really <laughs> I love, I just love it. <laughs> I've written this poem. I think it, it's about something. I think it's about something. But I realize that it's about a lot of things. I'm not sure what. I, I have an intention, but it's an open poem. And someone brings it back, brings me a review back. Again, stranger, just a reader, not a professional, Some, you know, sometimes. And they'll say, you've captured this and it's something I never thought of but then I'll go back to the poem and I'll be like oh my god they're so right unconsciously or subconsciously whatever it is I have also written about this <laughs> that is incredible to me isn't and that like, crazy never- where you're just like oh yes. wow I was writing about this person the whole time I didn't even know or like yeah it's nuts or if you've written sometimes I've written something that I think this is a particularly female-identifying poem. I can't explain it, but it's about the female psyche. Sometimes I feel like I don't even think a, a, a male-identifying person would really get it, maybe. And then I've had, I've actually had one of the weirdest poems I wrote, actually in that basement in Brooklyn, weirdest poem I wrote that ended up being about something that even I was surprised by um he he said to me he wrote me back and i've never heard from him since i don't even remember his name and he said do not change a word of this poem and it's not that he said don't change a word of this poem oh great it's perfect it's not that it's that it connected a poem i wrote that i thought had limited capacity to connect with someone actually had and I, and I don't know like you know there's an intimacy in the poem and there's privacy about experiences there was something about and I think about him quite a bit about what his experience would have been with life and uh, I don't understand I don't think that being published even if I'm read in a publication and someone has that I don't know if people really write to poets nowadays. 
and I say always, I always make sure you know, I, if I if I have the, a way to contact a poet and and I've read a poem that I really like like that's kind of how I've made half the connections that that have built this podcast is to sort of send a an email because yeah I mean that's the only thing we get we're not going to get money or uh, fame or anything so yeah I, no. I try to do those little like connections I don't know if it um if it happens between others but I think that's important but yeah the the intimacy that you're talking about there it's kind of like you know what you were saying last night like it's the erotics of language it's that that strange connection it's so it's so strong it's so powerful um that uh, I think why would you want to like if there's a possibility of you feeling like that by being in a workshop with other people there's no possibility of the erotics of this the erotics of language are, are deadened by sending your poems off to anonymous people there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff that can happen there but it's not like a group of people around a table talking about each other's it's not very sexy let's let's be honest but, <laughs> but i love this it's kind of like you're saying like what more do you need why do you yeah i will continue to bug you about this for as long just because i think the you know, what you write about and the way you write about it is very unusual. And I think it would be very valuable um, for that to to kind of be dropped into the pond, you know. Um, so I'm going to continue to bug you, but you just continue to ignore me. That's that's fine. I don't want I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Um, of course, I'd love to be, you know, like I, I don't think I don't think many people will understand my poems. Um and I don't. But does that matter? Like, I mean, aren't we? Aren't you squarely on the side of of incoherence? <laughs> We've established. This, I love we? some incoherence. <laughs> I love it. It just—it's just like. Um, um, so you certainly wouldn't attractive. be the only incoherent poet publishing in Australia now. Like, yeah, yeah. You certainly wouldn't be alone. You'd be in very good company. I guess, um, okay, maybe, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing more, if I'm doing more workshops and I'm writing more and I'm happy, um, I'll send them off. Sure. Sure. I feel like I just um, did a horrible thing. <laughs> no. I was just like, come play this horrible game of disappointment and networking and bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. No, please continue to ignore me. Um, I feel like I really want to end by just chatting about some some actual poems, but I didn't like prep you at all for this. Um, I have this James Schuyler poem I want to share with you. Do you have any poems that are like kind of on your mind lately or not really? No, you can share James Schuyler poems. Okay, cool. Hey. So I keep coming back to this one. Um, 
the reason I like this is because it's kind of one of my favorite um, iterations on incoherence because I feel like Skylar's a little bit uh, can be a little bit tough sometimes but this poem is just really sad and sweet and direct I got it yeah you got it hell I yeah think I do yeah all yep. right sweet all right well I, you've never read this before so you might hate it let's let's see all right this dark apartment coming from the deli a block away today I saw the UN building shine and in all the months and years I've lived in this apartment I took so you and I would have a place to meet I never noticed that it was in my view. I remember very well the morning I walked in and found you in bed with X. He dressed and left. You dressed too. I said, say five minutes. You did. You said, that's the way it is. It was not much of a surprise. Then X got on speed and ripped off an antique chest and an air conditioner, etc. After he was gone and you had changed the seagull lock, I asked you on the phone, can't you be content with your wife and me? I'm not built that way, you said. No surprise. Now, without saying why, you've let me go. You don't return my calls, who used to call me almost every evening when I lived in the country. Hasn't he told you why? No, and I doubt he ever will. Goodbye. It's mysterious and frustrating. How I wish you would come back. I could tell you how, when I lived on East 49th Street, first with Frank and then with John, we had a lovely view of the UN building and the Beekman Towers. They were not my lovers, though. You were. You said so. It's pretty brutal. Oh, my God. It's I like so it. good. I like it. It's, I, like, I um, love it. Goodbye. It's mysterious and frustrating. <laughs> it's like, I just love anything that's a, you know, any poem that is written to someone who will never read it. Um, but it's a very specific person. And it's like the poem is the only way for me to say this shit because you've stopped listening to me. You've stopped talking to me. And and now I just get to say whatever the fuck I want because you're not you're not taking my calls anymore. <laughs> yes. And this is very revealing, you know, like this this what this person's done and um, the choices they've made are all here in the poem, and they can't do anything about it because James Schuyler's the one with the pen. Yes. Yes. It's the only power I you have left it. when somebody does this to you is like, all right, fuck it, you're in you're in the poem. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love the details, the specific details of the names and the buildings and the street. And um, (laughs) uh, and that rhyme, see, now I'm looking at rhyme all the time. He says, hasn't he told you why? No, I doubt he ever will. Goodbye. Mm. And then, like, he undercuts the rhyme with it's mysterious and frustrating. <laughs> Just in case you were getting uh, all romantic. Um, yeah, it's just very, yes. it's very plain. Like, yes, this experience of being left by this person is um, not very interesting or, uh, 
Like he's not trying to beautify it. He's just like, yeah. how I wish you would come back, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, and I'd, I'd tell you how I had a lovely view of the UN building and Beekman Towers. I don't remember those buildings. I suspect they're not like particularly beautiful. So it's just like that plain no. sort of squareness that, that um, I guess the stanzas even look a bit like that. But yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. been my kind of go-to for the last little while. It's funny that you brought up Skyler because um, he has this poem called February. I think it's called February, which is one oh, yeah. of my most favorite poems. So um, I feel like I know that one. Let me get it up. And and I think it's um, I think you'd like that one as well. Should I read it? Go for it. Uh, February. A chimney breathing a little smoke. The sun I can't see, making a bit of pink I can't quite see in the blue. The pink of five tulips at 5 p.m. on the day before March 1st. The green of the tulip stems and leaves, like something I can't remember. Finding a jack-in-the-pulpit a long time ago and far away. Why, it was December then, and the sun was on the sea by the temples we'd gone to see. One green wave moved in the violet sea like the UN building on big evenings, green and wet, while the sky turns violet. A few almond trees had a few flowers, like a few snowflakes out of the blue looking pink in the light. A grey hush in which the boxy trucks roll up 2nd Avenue into the sky. They're just going over the hill. The green leaves of the tulips on my desk, like grass light on flesh, in a green copper steeple, and streaks of cloud beginning to glow. I can't get over how it all works in together, like a woman who just came to her window and stands there filling it, jogging her baby in her arms. She's so far off. Is it the light that makes the baby pink? I can see the little fists and the rocking horse motion of her breasts. It's getting grayer and gold and chilly. Two dog-sized lions face each other at the corners of a roof. It's the yellow dust inside the tulips. It's the shape of a tulip. It's the water in the drinking glass the tulips are in. It's a day like any other. Yeah, I think I have read that before once. It's like, I love how it keeps going back over and over the same ground but it's all qualified like I can't quite see in the blue um yeah. I can't remember mm. I can't get over how it all works together it's just like yeah that mm. undercutting thing is happening there too it's uh it's very quiet and it's like a painting yeah and then you know before the rhyme workshop never really saw the rhymes in this and now There's oh my so god much rhyme. Has, oh my god so much rhyme I <laughs> How is everybody not talking about rhyme? Poets, poets, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, go to your favorite poem, look whether look at it. it I'm betting it rhymes. I, I would surprise myself too. Rhymes <laughs> are everywhere. No one talks about it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, it's the but, um, Alice, I wanted to congratulate you. Um on your 150th episode. Thank I wanted you. to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for 
being my friend, supporting me. Thank you for being so many people's friends and support. Thank you for the community that you have created via your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being that voice in my ear as I listen to each episode while I'm out walking or while I'm doing the housework or whatever. And just you, um, you just elevate every day. And thank you for your poems, your beautiful voice, the Alice voice that is so, it, it's so unique. I, I could, if someone could give me one line that you had written, I'd be like, that is from Alice's poem. <laughs> that is Alice's voice. Um, uh, and thank you for, for including me, you know, today. And um, yeah, may you go from strength to strength. Oh, you're too kind. My God. <laughs> I'm going to cut it there because I have no idea how to respond to any of that. 